0: This is the Blaine's World webcast that can be found each week on Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn. You can also listen in on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and you can get more information and listen to previous shows on our website, which is behind me, blainesworld.net. I'm your host, Blaine Greenfield, and I'm here in my Zoom studio in lovely downtown Fairview, North Carolina. Each week, we focus on positive news and information about people and organizations in both Western North Carolina and throughout the country. And toward that end, it's my pleasure to introduce two artists in the area. And they are um, Linda Anmuth and uh, Kevin Andrews. Oh, Wait, Sheila. I'll wake up. Sheila. I could start this again, but we'll just continue as is. It's it's live. It's live webcast, so we'll just go as is. Sheila. Sorry about that. I know Sheila and uh, Kevin Andrew. And where are we, Kevin? We're taping this. You're located where?
1: We are in our gallery studio located in the River Arts District in Asheville, North Carolina. It's just south downtown Asheville by about 10 minutes.
0: And what's really cool, we're going to get in just a little bit of walking tour of the um, gallery, which I'm kind of looking forward to. But let me ask you this in terms of the um, gallery. So this is something also open to the public as well. Is that correct? That's correct. But it's also you were telling me off the air. It's also a working uh, gallery of sorts. Explain that if you would.
1: That's what makes Asheville really unique, is that you have these spaces where they're working studio spaces, but also gallery spaces, and they're open to the public. So what that means is folks can create. So as an artist, I can create my work here. My door is open. Anyone off the street can come in and say hi. And they can also purchase artwork directly from me. So no commission cuts, no overhead, no middle people. the Individuals are directly interacting with the artists and why there are places like this around the world, but what makes it work so well in Asheville is just the high volume of people visiting every day. I mean, there's millions of people that come here every year. And so you can have a lot of artists who are really making a full-time living with this model.
0: Let me ask you Sheila, in terms of people walking in, do you enjoy that when you're doing artwork? Do you enjoy having people watch you?
2: Actually I do, Um, this has kind of worked for me this this model um kevin and i met when we were both over at the um asheville gallery of art downtown which is a, a a co-op it is the oldest uh art gallery in asheville and it's a lovely gallery there's about 30 artists um however it's only a gallery you can't really work there so we i would staff there once a month it was a requirement um but i i enjoy being here and also talking to the public and also being productive you know on those days i'm productive so so this is this has really worked for me
0: now do sometimes uh folks do you have sometimes all four artists working at the same time does that happen
2: sometimes yeah
0: okay and so what is it that can people set their own schedules or that any given time somebody at least one artist will be there Is that how it works?
1: Part of everyone's commitment is that they'll be here two days a week at a minimum from 11 to 4, Monday to Saturday. So my goal for the gallery studio space is to be open Monday through Saturday, 11 to 4 at a minimum. Most weekdays, if my kids aren't sick, my nanny's not sick, there's no holidays, or my wife's not, whatever. If life, if the stars all align perfectly, which is about 50% chance success every day, (laughs) I'm here from 8.30 to 4.30, Monday to Friday.
0: Oh, it's really cool. There's a lot of
1: overlap, and we have a lot of coverage, and that's really critical for the success of this space.
0: And so at the time, you're being productive. Also, you're working as an artist when people aren't in the studio. Is that what happens? Yes.
1: I, let, I, I Usually, if I'm here, I have the door open to the public, but most folks don't start showing up until after 10.
0: Okay. Let's talk a little bit about your respective backgrounds, and I know a little bit about Sheila's, but it's kind of really cool in that I knew Sheila in another life. He did something completely different than art, and so I'm curious, Sheila, you can mention your other work and how you got into art, if you would.
2: Well, I mean, I've kind of always been into art. I My major at college was, I was an art major. I'm not going to say that really led anywhere, but it's just a reflection of the fact that I've always had kind of an artistic impulse. Um, but as you know, I've had a... 35-year career doing something else um, which has been the source of my uh, adult income Um, I would say I got much more serious about this during the pandemic and I had actually built an art studio in my house a couple of years before that probably around 2018 and then of course when we had that lockdown a lot of us started, we, we it was really a tough time for a lot of people. And then for some people, it was sort of like the um impetus to do something we maybe didn't have time for. For me, it was art. So I I did a, I did online courses, I painted at home. I mean, that little art studio was really my um, you know, it was it was my sanctuary. Uh so then I had a lot of art and what am I going to do with all this art and I got into the Asheville Gallery of Art which was um, I think July of 2021 or 22 maybe it's 22 anyway I was there for a year and I enjoyed it and I really endorse everybody to go down and see that gallery There are wonderful artists there Um, and then you know while I was there Kevin had this vision for a gallery, an art space, and a working, uh, working gallery and um approached me. I sort of approached me. And, you know, I don't know, I thought about it overnight and it's I felt like, yeah, I I really want to do this. So now I'm here and I'm I'm making art and I've sold art, you know, to people walking in off the street. Strangers strangers yeah that's we were just talking about that this morning the best thing is when you can sell your art to strangers not your family and friends who support you anyway
0: no are are Uh, you still are you still doing the other business as well
2: yeah yeah that's still my uh source of income and and actually it's something that i still enjoy
0: Uh, By the way, we can mention it. We don't have to hide it. So, uh, so, so impressed with you. So
2: Uh, I have sold long-term care insurance for, and we've had this conversation, you and I and, and um, Cynthia, because you, you're very much a believer in this and you've had it for years. Unfortunately, I didn't sell it to you. Right.
0: It it, it was before you, right.
2: (laughs) But um, it is something that I still very much believe in and I enjoy and, so I'm kind of doing this and that and it's fine. You know, I don't feel overwhelmed whatsoever.
0: Now, do you still do the artwork at home as well? Not so much. Okay. <laughs> um,
2: I'll. I mean, the way that I have organized it is I have my current medium that I enjoy here. Uh, and that is coal wax, medium and oil. And then at home, I have my acrylic materials. So I've kind of got them separated, which is nice. I can work at home and I will. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm a little more committed to this space and this medium. And well, will I'll talk about that in a bit. Okay.
0: And we'll see it um, too. But Kevin, the same kind of question. So, um, I don't know you the first time we've met, uh, how long have you been an artist?
1: I've loved art my entire life. Uh, I want, actually wanted to go to school for art, but my dad told me, I don't want live in my basement your whole life, go and do something different. Uh, I grew up in Northeast Ohio, a very sheltered, normal, wonderful life, but was not exposed to creatives or entrepreneurs or anyone that was not on the normal track, if you will. So got an undergraduate degree in civil engineering, got a master's in structural engineering, had my dream job in Chicago designing skyscrapers. And I hated it. Uh, I saw the, the president in this corner office uh, who's been there for 30 or 25 years. and It's like, I do not want this. What am I doing? Uh, so with some self-reflection, we, my wife and I moved down to Charlotte, got a job in IT consulting, doing project management process improvement stuff because I was trained to be very analytical and I can play well with others. So I was doing okay in corporate America with that skill set. But I've always been a creative at heart. and just been pushing against it because it was never deemed a worthy invested of time and energy. Uh, I'm not producing widgets, not being productive enough by being an artist was the notion as, or at least the narrative I had in my head.
0: As a kid, were you, did you enjoy art or did you take art classes as a kid?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I was always drawing. I mean, I, I'd watch TV, but I always be on the floor, you know, on my stomach. I would have big books I'd bring out and then have paper and be drawing while I'm watching TV. I did that all. Of I mean, and I did, uh, in high school, I did a lot of graffiti, most of it legal, uh, if you will. <laughs> but I, I like that medium and the instant gratification of all the vibrancy and the color. It's just, it's just a bear to deal with. It, it skits everywhere. It smells, it's toxic. It, it's really weather specific and blows. Anyway. Um, I'm also heavily influenced from Art Nouveau, which is this style that was late 1800s, early 1900s in, in, in Europe and really big flowy organic flowers and outlines and people's faces with like big outlines around them so all that now is very much reflective in my work.
0: So when did like, you decide to become... that.
1: Sorry, I just could No, no, me.
0: I um interesting, when did you decide to become a full-time artist?
1: I had a business, so after doing IT project management work in uh, for 3 years, I quit all that and started a co-working space in Charlotte and we were focused on a community building and empowerment. And we did that in 2015. Started with 20 members, at just shy of 5,000 square feet. And over the course of six years, had about four employees, 450 some members, and 30,000 square feet. We expanded like five times in this large building and sold it to a competitor uh, two days ago. So about a year and a half ago, two years ago at this point. And we moved to Asheville, we had a kid, all these things happened. And it was just a lot of soul searching at that point of how can I truly make a difference and what is my purpose? And everything continually led back to creating art. So I read this book called The Artist's Way. I didn't do it fully, from I didn't do the whole thing, but I cheated. But I went through it. And one part of the book says, verbally say to the universe what you want to do and commit to it. And then, but once you say that, get ready for all these opportunities and doors to open. And if you don't follow through on them, they might never present themselves again. And I was like, okay, whatever. So, my like, universe—I'm going to be a full-time artist. What do you fucking got for me? And you know, I was just being a little kitschy, but oh, I can't swear. Sorry.
0: No, <laughs> it, it, this is not on radio, so it's cool. Go ahead.
1: Uh, and just being a little kitschy about it because I didn't think much about it. But before I knew it, uh, I was able to get in a very coveted, difficult studio space in Wedge Studios. Um, the stars aligned. Artists were were leaving to go open up their own larger gallery space. So I was able to, and uh, that really changed my life and my trajectory very quickly my wife and i chatted about it and she's like why don't you try it for six months and see what happens i mean what's the worst that could at least you can give it a go uh my wife does work full-time uh she loves her her gig and so it gave me a lot of flexibility to pursue my passions and my dream and it's been wild since
0: what, what led you to start your own gallery
1: i wanted frankly control uh I, to be totally transparent, I, I was subletting my space from another artist and I wanted my own lease with the landlord or my own building, but I didn't have any capital to do so. So this was the, the next best thing. And this space came available and finding a storefront space in the River Arch District on street level is very difficult. And when that, those opportunities present themselves, um, it might not happen again. So I decided to jump on it and it checked off all the box, for what I wanted to, to do. So I was at Wedge for not quite a year and then moved here uh, in August.
0: And it's very exciting, you were telling me off the air that it can be seen from street level, which I think is really cool. So you, you're walking along, you can see the studio. When you opened it in August, was the model that you were going to have three other artists to work with?
1: I was playing around with what I could do and what was realistic and um, how to design the space. I was thinking anywhere from two to four, depending on what I could do, because it, it's not a huge space. Uh, and frankly, I think some of the studio spaces are not massive, but they work for how we create. Um, so I did a couple different iterations uh, designing what I think would, would fly and finally settled on this, what we have now. And like my spot, I realized after I've been in here for a couple months, when I create a large painting, I just have to stand back like 20 to 30 feet to get the full perspective and composition of it. And the way I design my space, I couldn't do that. I was basically bumping into all the wall. So I had to have the guys who built our walls here come in and add some extra removal two by fours to make an extra fake wall so I could temporarily hang out on that when I'm painting to get the perspective I needed. So it was not perfect iteration from day one for me.
0: But it's what it is. And what's really cool, you and we talked about this, is that I think he can now give us an actual tour of the place because we can talk about it. But I love the painting choice here in the background, but I'd love to actually have a tour of the place I think we're going to do this at least initially Sheila's going to be our tour guide. and Kevin you're going to do the camera work. Let's do it. Okay, dollars Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then when we switch we'll Where'd have you um you talk about yourself Sheila do well, the camera work. Kevin.
2: Let's start with Kevin. Let's let's start with you. You sure? Okay. Sure. Are, are we right. a,
0: are we at Kevin's spot now? So, we'll, we'll give you the whole just a quick
2: Yeah.
1: quick rotation of Can you see yourself? Yeah. So I'm just going to go Great. Perfect. Yeah.
2: All okay. right. And well, I think, you know, since you're here, why don't you just, why don't I hold this and you talk about your work?
0: Okay, it's great. So you have a new career then. So your next career, you're going to be a, a videographer here as well.
2: Oh, I have to turn this around, right? Yeah,
1: because unfortunately the camera's facing, yeah. Now we're going
0: that's, well, that's perfect. It's so we'll okay, a little bit more. There we go. Perfect, perfect.
1: This is chaos corner. So we all kind of have our own corners of space. Um, one's free to do whatever they want with. I'm working currently on a large mural that's going to go outside on this building. I uh, And then all my paints are here. Uh, we, we, we're, we're, I like being by the front to see outside what's going on out in the world.
0: Yo, Kevin, have you ever done a mural before?
1: Uh, I've done murals with spray paint. Yes, I have done murals in the past, but nothing in the last five years.
0: Okay, very cool.
1: So my space is uh, is cleaner than usual. <laughs> Usually it's a disaster. Uh, and then also, how we design the space is that you have your work chaos space, but then you also have walls where you can display your work. So uh, I, I have this wall, and half of that wall, is in to the front. So if I, I can,
0: can, if I come, if I come there, how much of your work is on display? How many pieces, for example?
1: Uh, About- currently, one, two, three, four, five. At least ten or ten or fifteen or so. Okay, very cool. But it just depends. It's Always evolving because we're selling work, and it's you're, every week is a, sh- a new shuffle stuff around and. So yeah. I can take
0: this. Okay, good job. And, and what's really cool, I guess. So the actually the piece you're working on is that what you do? You work on one piece at a time, or do you sometimes work on more than one piece at a time?
1: If oh, usually I work on one piece at a time. Now I used to do multiple. If I'm working on like a large painting and I like the color composition, I might do like a little a little mini guy just to break up, just to have a little bit of fun and explore it. the the color composition. But now as of late, because I work with acrylics, I typically do one piece at a time because it dries so fast that I can focus on it. I just, I'm not able to focus my energy and keep my color composition in check and just remember where I wanted to go with it if I'm doing too much stuff at one time.
0: And the question I always ask creatives and I'll ask you now is, um, okay, so I'm seeing some very colorful, beautiful looking stuff. Where do you get your ideas from? Oh man, how much time we got?
1: I thought it was only 20
0: minutes, right? you uh, read a to version.
1: Okay, so every painting I do has some kind of underlying story, motivation, or therapy session. Uh, <laughs> some are way more in-depth and, and complicated and nasty or lovely compared to others. It just depends on where I'm at. And I'm hoping, and I'm banking, that that is part of this whole purpose of life is to get it out into the world and see where it goes. And I don't have the answer for you. But, for example, um, this one uh, was initially going to be called Three Months. I was starting the color composition. It was all about when my wife had to go back to work after three months of maternity leave with our second daughter. And so I was thinking about how sh- the the, the push pull of wanting a career while wanting a family in America, how getting three months off in America is, a, is, a, is an amazing miracle, but compared to the rest of the developed world is dismal. And all of that was going into this painting. But as I'm going along and I'm doing the colors and I'm thinking about it, it started to evolve. And now the painting is now called, What Have We Become?, because I was thinking how different we are today compared to where we were. We met each other 15 years ago and how different we are now with children and how much life has changed. And so then it's really evolved into hopefully we're better versions of ourselves than we would have been, but I'm not always sure. And so there's a lot of that in this painting now.
0: How long did it take you?
1: This one took um, about a week. If you, well, It was over multiple weeks because I I did like the the base layers and had some stuff hiccups. But actual painting time, I would say probably
0: four days. Now, I've always wondered, too, as an artist, is that something like I ask writers this question? Do you every day sit down and say, I'm going to paint for two hours or give a specific amount of time you actually do painting?
1: Oh, I wish. I'm I'm also (laughs) forming a habit if I could. You can run, but you can't hide, Sheila. Um, (laughs) uh, I would like to, I just, I don't have the. I don't have the flexibility of, of a consistent routine that I wish I could. But I will say I play the same song every time I start to create, just at least just to get me in the right mindset. And I have learned that coming into my studio, starting in Wedge and now here, when I'm here, man, I can get creative right away. There's like no warm up time. I don't need anything. I'm, I'm like ready to go. And there's always something I'm working on or working towards. So it's never a what am I going to do today kind of scenario.
0: And I guess God bless the kids, but I guess it's kind of nice to be able to work without a whole families running around every day and and doing that. There's the thing. Yes, are, are they budding artists as well, or how old are they? Uh, my one daughter's four,
1: and the other daughter is eleven months.
0: Okay, the four-year-old wow. has she the picked four-year-old up?
1: Four-year-old is a, she is a rabid creator, uh, for sure, big time. And my mother-in-law is really talented. Um, she, she, she does a lot of stuff at art play down the street and, uh, she does all kinds of fun stuff with her and Andy just create for hours, all different mediums and styles. So I'm grateful she's around kind of pushing Andy in different directions.
0: And one last thing before we turn it back to Sheila, um, if you want to just point out some of your other artwork or yourself and just give a quick look at it, I'd like to see Uh, it.
1: I'll show you, these are some of the smaller works here on this wall. Oh, it's wow. frankly too much in one wall I, I i i admit it i know it is i prefer just one layer of art or maybe two max but uh i just needed somewhere to put it for now uh but yeah these all these are different meanings different styles or different excuse me they all mean something different and we'll create a different period of time over the last year and a half
0: and as an artist if somebody came into the studio or spoke to you i assume if they want. You do something just for them, you would do that as well? Or do you get commission? Oh, yeah.
1: I do a lot of commission work. I'd say about 80% of my earnings right now are, are commissions. Okay. So, I, cool. um, you know, if someone comes in they're like, I've done commissions based off of rug colors, wallpaper colors, someone's feeling or a notion or trying to mimic a, another painting of mine or another someone else's painting, uh, it's all over the map. But usually I start off with if you want to do a commission, what do you want to feel when you look at that painting? And that usually takes people down a very interesting path of whether it's to a time when they're on vacation, they want a fancy landscape photo or picture of something at their grandma did. It's it's all over the map.
0: Before I let you go, let me just, um, again, have you recap So the studio. Name of the studio is again? Uh, It's called Kevin Andrew Gallery and Studio. Okay. And uh, to find out more about it, see some of your work as well. You have a website or... Facebook, LinkedIn. The
1: easiest place to find me is
0: creativekevin.com. Okay. And I'll talk about the studio and your artwork as well.
2: And uh, one thing to mention is that we are in the rehab Phil Mechanic Studio, Phil Mechanic Building, uh, which is 109 Robert Street, literally across the road from the Wedge. Everyone pretty much knows where the Wedge galleries are. So if you cross uh the little traffic circle from the wedge, there's the Phil Mechanic building on the same side of the street. And also, by the way, Blaine, the Radical Hotel is next to us, which is the coolest, I think, the coolest hotel now in Asheville. Uh, and it's worth a it's worth a visit in and of itself. So we're right between the Radical Hotel and the the wedge building
0: and what'll be cool when I come visit is that down the road we'll also see Kevin's mural on the, the side of the building is that it okay.
1: I sure hope so come hell or high water I think
0: are you working on that now as well uh, I am okay great and now we're gonna have you turn it over to Sheila uh, if you would and um we can, our, our tour so just people one, one point if I could just mention Sheila if you listen to this I guess you're going to have to go to Kevin's website. Kevin, I'll send you the link so we can put the the tour so people can see the tour if they can't, if they're just listening to this. But we're right now with um, Sheila Anmuth and we're uh, getting a tour of a a gallery studio where she's at. And Sheila, take it away, if you would, please.
2: Okay, so so we just visited Kevin's, what do you call it? Your corner of chaos? (laughs) Yes. All
0: right. Okay. Um,
2: I don't really I'm not that chaotic but just follow me <laughs> 10 steps five steps um so so this is my this is my I'll call it my creation corner um and I currently work my favorite medium right now is cold wax medium and oil which is just oil paint um mixed with cold wax where's my cold wax Ah, huh. this, is, this is just a jar of cold wax. Um, and so um, with my work is, my emphasis is really on, I guess, uh, texture, it's all abstract right now. Um, and my emphasis is on uh, color, value, and especially texture. And that's the beauty of using oil and coal wax is you can get a lot of layers and layers of texture. Um, and it's it involves a lot of play. That's really what I love about it. Um, if you ask me if I have an idea of where a painting is going, although I will talk about this one for a second. Um, so one day I was here with Kevin and he was telling me that he was going to do a series called uh, What Do Babies Dream About? Right. And um, and I made this remark to him. Well, I guess if I were going to do something on that theme, it would be more like what do dogs dream about? And so um, I happened to be working on this one at the time. And when I we had that conversation, I said, well, I think I'm going to just try and take this in that direction. <laughs> I love it. Uh, and so, really, this one is almost done. And I think I am going to call it What Do Dogs Dream About? Um, I don't know. Do you know what dogs dream about? We don't know. I see a tennis ball somewhere in there.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> but some little
2: I, shapes in here. And, you know, what
0: a great title yeah. for a, a piece of artwork. Do you have dogs, Sheila? Uh huh. Okay. So, we should get their opinion too, you know, see what yeah. they, they think. About that. <laughs> but I never thought about that or, or a cat. I guess cats and dogs do dream, I guess. but They do is...
2: dream. Well, You can mm-hmm. definitely, you know when dogs are dreaming. Mm-hmm. If you, are, do you, you don't you do have, a, you have a cat. But we have right? a cat,
0: yeah. But I just love, I love the title. I love the concept. And, you know, I can almost see it, Sheila, being one of a series of things, you know. Yes. What a great, great concept. So it, I it, cut it you off. It would look great in your home studio. <laughs> is, is that it? Okay. So, Our cat wouldn't like
1: it. So
2: we'll just kind of mosey. <laughs> We'll mosey on down, I guess, and just, this is my wall. Um, And they're all, they all have tags with names. Um, But the thing about working abstractly is, and you know, I mean, I guess I'll speak for myself. I don't really, I do the painting and then see what it evokes for me. and And then I will name it something. You kind of have to name your paintings. Um, So I'm not going to say my process is similar to Kevin's in terms of, you know, I'm coming from some deep emotional, well, it's just sort of, it comes out of play. And um, where where does it want to take me? So I think I work the same way many abstract artists work. And then down here, um, I have some, I have a little bin where, if I'm just at, if I just have a day where I want to just literally play, I'll work on paper and maybe make a a little collage. These are less expensive. Um, they're just on paper, uh, framed, you know, matted um, and.
0: You ever you know, thought the opposite of what you said? Do you ever thought? Do you have a, a title for a painting? Do you ever come up with a title first? Have you ever done that?
2: No, except for what do drawings dream about as a result of that little, you know, two-minute conversation or whatever it was. But actually, no.
0: Same thing, too, Kevin. I'll just ask Kevin the same question. Uh, so, Kevin, each of your pieces of art have a title to it? Is that how it works? Yes, Okay. And so do you do what Sheila does? You do the artwork and they come up with the title afterward?
1: Uh, No, I always have a title first and a direction of where it's going. Sometimes the title changes and the direction changes, but there's always a starting point.
0: Do you ever have it, they've done artwork and then finish it. And then after it's done, do you sometimes change the name? Does that ever happen? Yes. Yes. Okay. Honestly,
1: sometimes I don't have a complete name at the beginning of my mind, but I know what the piece is going to be about and what I want it to make about. And then sometimes as I'm painting it, the name reveals itself over time.
0: Interesting. And Sheila, back to you, do you ever have the same thing too as you're doing artwork? Um, Do you ever have, coming before you begin it, do you sometimes have a preconceived notion what it's going to look like?
2: Usually I don't honestly. It usually starts with mark making on a substrate um, and then, and and I'm going to say probably I am a little more typical in my process in terms of the abstract, making abstract art than Kevin is. I think most abstract artists don't really have there's, there are certain um, compositional and value um qualities you want to keep in mind so it's not it kind of starts out very random and then as it progresses you you develop it with certain artistic principles in mind so it's not completely random but the beginning part of it is very random and very childlike if 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 ideally ideally absolutely just getting something down, activating your substrate, and then developing it from there. So it's almost like going from kindergarten to middle school. And then at the end, maybe you're at, at a higher level, you know, you're in college. That's where you're doing your finishing touches. So it's kind of that process.
0: If you would just show and one of other-
2: And then if you get to a point, and if you ask, how do you know when it's done? Nobody knows. (laughs) Nobody knows.
0: And just, Um, if you can just show one of the painting, I'm just curious, you mentioned the title of the painting. Show one of the painting and and tell me the name of it, if you would.
2: Okay, so this one here, I'll just show you this one. So this one here, uh, and this is a a coax medium and oil. Most of them are. And I wanted to get some shapes down that had, you know, more a contrasting value. And I just was—I don't know. I just. This is how it came out, and then I <laughs> titled it "Bad Pipes." So, this is called "Bad Pipes" in
0: honor of
1: every studio in the River Arts District.
0: Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and just as an example, uh, how long, for example, did that take? Walk walk.
2: I mean, oh God, um, I don't know. I mean, probably. You know, I worked on it over time. I was probably working on a few other things. It has a lot of texture. And the thing, the reason I can't really answer that question is because when you work in oil and coax medium, you're working kind of in layers and depending how dry it is, you can work on it. Like this has a lot of, you can, I don't know if you can see it. I've scratched into it. It has some texture in it. And I kind of work. You kind of work on it over time. And then when it's really dry, you can't really scratch into it. So it's really hard to say how long.
0: What's really cool speaking to the both of you is that you both um, are really uh, interesting artists to look at. But they're both different, and your philosophies are different too. You know, in terms of how you create art versus how Kevin creates art, which I think is is really a really neat thing. That ties in, I think, Kevin, back to your, the whole concept of studio is that, so here you can meet four different artists and I'm fortunate that we're speaking to the two of you, but sure, if you would take us to the next artist work and, and talk about that as well. So now
2: we're going towards Ashton Bernstein's. You can see his name up here. We all have our names on, uh, on where our corner is. So, um, so I once asked uh, Asher, "How do I describe your art to somebody?" And he just said, "Trash art." <laughs> so that's his that's his description. Um, so Asher likes to. He gets a lot of things from family and friends that he kind of recycles. He is really into sustainability. So um, he'll just take, actually this one, he explained to me, I just want to show it cause I kind of love this one. Is it dry? No, yeah, it's dry, <laughs> <And> it is dry. <laughs> um, so this is a commission and this is um, taken from a photograph from a family member. I honestly don't remember. If it was an ant anyway um so he has taken he's collaged it and you can't really tell but he works with resin so he did this collage and then it has a layer of resin which gives it i think real depth and um makes it very i mean completely archival meaning that this is this is never going to go away <laughs> in generations um so he that's what he does. Um, oops, I just knocked down his tripod. It's okay. Um, so he'll take here's another one of his. Um, and and basically it's also dry. I think he's probably going to resin over this. I don't know what these are, but they're like little what are these? So it's a piece of jewelry. I think oh, it, these are no, these, these are, are
1: key ring or key, no, key
2: huh? yeah, key rings. He just has collaged. Uh, a bunch of key rings and in the middle of the key rings there are like little, you know, little beads. Um, And he'll probably resin this. It's got this guy in the middle. Um, I don't know what the title is, but. um, So, and then he has these guys up here and these these are called potheads. So he takes these pots and pans and then he collages faces on them. Um, and these are kind of actually popular. People come in and love them. Uh so these are these are potheads. Well,
0: it's funny you mention that because our mutual friend, and we'll give a shout out to her, was talking about potheads and that now I, I know what she's talking about. You, know, you mentioned, you want to give a shout out to her? Uh our mutual oh, friend. Oh, Rona. Yeah.
2: Rona Polanski? Oh, well, she, okay, so you recently did a podcast with her, which is wonderful, by the way. Um, I really enjoyed that podcast. She's she's very eloquent, smart, and I love her work. Um, And so... So you said she mentioned something about
0: yeah, potheads. She has people doing potheads. I had no idea what she was talking about. Now I see it though. These well, I, are think pot-
2: the, I think those are probably different. What she was talking about. This <laughs> oh, I was is wondering. Asher's potheads.
0: Okay. So everybody can have their own potheads.
2: You, everyone can have their own potheads. Absolutely. But
0: is that a, I, I should know, is that a term pothead, an art term or.
2: No, I mean, oh. pothead generally, we all know right. what a pothead is.
0: <laughs> well no so i'm, I'm looking forward next time i speak to you folks i'll then see kevin's potheads or, or something or i'll say your your potheads but Maybe. these are <laughs> but these are, are his potheads it's, and it's it's,
2: it's, these are his i mean it's it's honestly it's a visual pun obviously right because there are pots with faces so it's his little visual pun and
0: um, what's so cool about his stuff and the whole studio is boy is his stuff eclectic you know it's like Oh, um, yes. You know, like your stuff is, is kind of consistent. Kevin's is, but this stuff like looks all over the place uh, in a good way, you know. In a but good definitely- way.
2: Yeah, people, <laughs> people, you know, when I'm in here, because sometimes it's just me. Sometimes it's a couple of us. Occasionally, it's all four of us. But a lot of times it's just me in here. And people really come in and they look around and I can hear them. I can hear them chuckle. Uh-huh right You're well, looking and chuckling so
0: i'm even doing that as i'm looking at this tour I'll have you take us to the one last artist you have in the studio is
2: so this is this is brighton pilgrim and by by the way but two lovely young men um uh, and kevin so um so these are you know i wish they were here but they're two lovely lovely young men um, this worked out well for me. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this is uh, Brighton's work, and he works in acrylic. Um, it's it's very uh, how would you describe it, Kevin? A lot
1: of texture, a lot of vibrancy.
2: Vibrancy, yeah. Uh, this these are almost day glow colors that he's working with here um and he also works with uh I don't want to pick up any of his of his work because I you know it's well they're they're they are dry but the he collages um he works in acrylic and also I would say eclectic
0: looks just so against the wall um Kevin you were kind of just uh, take the camera against that wall so we could get a sense of this. And one, one, um, it's kind of up top. I'm looking at the zebra. What's that all about? I don't know. Yeah, it's it's very, um, it's, I'll just say eclectic. That's a good way to describe it. But how is it, let me ask you, both of you, uh, is that, um, as an artist, is that a good experience or an interesting experience to work with people, different styles? Is that, does that get yes. your creative juices going or um, how do you feel about that?
2: Well, I'll give you, I'll give you one example. Um, let's let's kind of move down just back to my corner for one minute. Um, so, the,
1: the space is not large, but yeah. you kind of get the gist. You know, no, four, but I'm four saying,
0: four, Kevin, what's, but it's, it's, it feels large to me, but it looks so, it's so well organized. It just really looks cool. And it, it, like I said, unlike other studios I've been to, it doesn't feel like other studios. You know, it's, it, you have the artwork on display, almost like a gallery, which is really nice. But then each artist, I love that, they have their own special areas. And
2: all spaces are exactly the same size. Yeah. In square footage. So hang on, I'm going to answer your question. I'm just going to grab one piece. So this, this is a little piece that I had. Um, And the thing about Asher and Brighton is they both work with uh, resin quite a bit. And I was very curious about resin. So I went over when Asher was here one day, I said to him, you know, I'd love to experiment with resin and just see what that, how that works. And so I took this little piece and he poured resin on it. Um, You can kind of see it, you know, it's a little shiny and now i'm really interested in kind of learning more about resin i have a few more pieces that i think would you know look um would be interesting with this um it's not easy to do a resin pour but we did it and i watched him and now brighton is considered sort of the master of resin pouring so he said yeah yeah we'll we'll next time i do a pour we'll do another piece so
0: um, to answer your question, I see it.
2: it's, it's way, to me, more fun to be here with other working artists. Um, I enjoy working in my studio, but there, there is a, a sense of not so much collaboration, but maybe inspiration. To let, me ask
0: you, let, let me ask you both this question then, too. So Kevin, I'll, I'll ask you, then I'll ask um, uh, Sheila. So when you're doing artwork, too, how do you determine the size, or what determines the size of a piece of art? So Sheila showed me a couple small and some larger. Do you determine that beforehand, or during, or after? How um, do you te- uh,
2: one one thing I will show, let's let's go out into the hall for just one sec.
0: Okay, great.
2: Um,
1: so so this is the film mechanic building. The ground level at Street View is open to the public. There's a bunch of floors upstairs and there's two or three levels down below. And those are not open to the public. So we have, okay. a, I, I think we're in one of the better spots, the building for public access and exposure and everything
2: else. Yeah, there, I mean, if you want to point it, this, there are working artists. Uh, there's two, two working artists on this floor. And then down there is a barbershop. Uh, And the barbershop is party central, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) They're awesome. But to answer your question, just one second here. So this 30, this piece here on the wall, this is the wall outside our studio. This is a 30, this is mine and it's 30 by 30. It's kind of the largest one that I've done so far. And I hung it out here because what's constraining me right now working larger is it's not like we have all of the room in the world to hang stuff inside so we can go inside them.
0: That,
2: that was just a little um, bonus to the tour. and to okay.
0: answer. Well, Thank you. But so uh, I'll ask you kind of a final question here. You, you, uh, you alluded to it, uh, Sheila and, and uh, Kevin, you can address it too. Do you ever have before you start the work you're working on? Do you have in mind the actual size or does sometimes grow then from what you intended?
2: Well, you know, I mean, if you start a piece, you're working with a substrate that is, you know, a certain size. And that's, for example, we're all going to do a piece for the, what are are we calling it? The rata...
1: Oh my God! What's it called? It's 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 like so. Rata, the River Arts District Artists Group is a nonprofit group that helps keep the district essentially unified. Has, provides a voice for the artists. Nice. The visitor tourist experience much easier. There's there's like consistent signage. There's studio strolls on Saturdays. Uh, it just helps keep it. Uh, I don't. Know, I should say. I'm going to say more official. And easier for people to get around and understand where to go and ultimately spend more money in buying art. Uh, We also, RADA helps provide a voice for the artists, for the city, for government and different entities that, for example, they were building a big hotel right down the street or apartment hotel combo. And they're going to shut off all Robert Street, which was a main artery for some of the buildings right there. And RATA basically got a whole bunch of artists to sign him and made a big petition and said, look, at least make it one one way at a minimum. Here's why it matters. And they did. And that wouldn't have happened if we didn't say anything. So uh, it does make a difference where we're at. But uh, sorry, where was I going with RADA though? Oh, Ratta.
2: and that RATA also publishes, and you've probably seen these, Blaine, if you've come down to the River Arts District these wonderful directories of the art. Uh, there's a couple of hundred artists in this organization. Over 300 now. Over 300. Um, and so uh, they, this directory, this is just a little shot on. I'm a new member, but um, people have come in here from other parts of the country, and especially other working artists, and they've said, even people from New York have said they've never seen anything like the River Arts District, um, how, uh, you know, it's kind of cohesive in one area. Uh, A lot of people from other parts of the country are very impressed by the River Arts District. And and this this goes a long way towards keeping us kind of supportive, cohesive and supportive of, of each other. Um, anyway, the reason I had started to mention this is uh, the new incoming president Jeffrey. What's his last? Name? Burroughs. Burroughs um, has he came here from New York from uh, during the pandemic, and he's bringing a lot of fresh ideas. One being that every month we the River Arts District has a theme that we can present to the public. And the theme for January, there's 12 themes. The the theme for January is going to be origins. So the four of us are going to do a small, probably 12 by 12 or maybe 14 by 14, but not not big um, piece based on that theme. I don't know what mine is going to look like. I haven't started it. But anyway, we're going to start with a small probably panel and do something on the theme of origins. It's just, it's
1: it's the beginning of a whole new level of marketing of what we can accomplish in the RAD together. And this is kind of in its infancy in a really fun way. So this is, it's an easy talking point. If someone else comes in, is looking at the art, you say, oh, well, this is our RADA theme wall. And this is the topic of here's each one and here's why it's different. It just gives people one more reason to stick around your space longer to discuss more about them and ultimately potentially drive a sale.
0: And to wrap this up, let me just ask you both a, kind of a final question here. But if, um, Sheila, if folks want to find out about you or your artwork, is there a best way to uh, track you down?
2: Well, I'm, I, okay. So let me just say, I am not the best at social media. I'm actually extremely lame and resistant, okay? Um, One of the reasons I decided to come into this gallery is he's better at this stuff. So I figure, well, I'll just ride Kevin's coattails on all the social media stuff, which really hasn't happened much, but he's helping a little bit. Um, Anyway, um, I'm on Instagram. I do have a website, which I haven't paid attention to in over a year. Um, I would say, come here, (laughs) come to the gallery, come and not just us, but you know, River Arts District and stroll around. This coming Saturday is um, second Saturday. So all of the galleries and studios will be open. Um, All of the art that I've sold, both here and also at the Asheville Gallery of Art, are people coming in seeing it and buying it um and honestly um i was talking to another artist over at riverview station who's a friend and and who he's an um, to me an amazing artist i was kind of walking around that building the other day and uh you know just talking to a few friends and i asked him how are you selling most of your art and he said well people just come in and see it and buy it he, he said he hasn't he's tried social media it hasn't worked that well for him so um to answer your question that just come here
0: and by the way since you mentioned this person give him a shout out his name is
2: uh jeff snell
0: okay great and uh Kevin, that since you're now the person running the gallery, same question. How do folks find both the gallery and your website, Instagram? Where where do they find that about you?
1: The easy, easiest and quickest place would be creativekevin.com. CreativeKevin.com. That that has all the social handles. Uh, the Kevin Andrew Gallery and Studio does have its own handle on Instagram, but it's really it's in its infancy of Usability right now. Uh, I, I do a lot for my own work. My, I update web, my website all the time and I have stuff on my Instagram page and Facebook and everything else and TikTok and all that shit. So it's there.
0: But, but the best thing is to go to creativekevin.com and find out about all your stuff. And yes. again, one last time, if you would please, a uh, physical location of the place and the hours.
1: So we are located in the film Mechanic Building in the River Arts District. And if you want the address, it's 109 Robert Street. That's in Asheville, North Carolina, 28801. It's also right next door to the Wedge Building and to the Radical Hotel. Can't, you, know, you can't miss it. If you're, if you're walking down in the red zone, River Arts District, that's where we're at.
0: Okay, so people want
1: to... Monday through Saturday, at a minimum, 11 to 4. Typically, we're open even more than that, uh, but that, at a minimum, is what we're going for.
0: Okay, so if people want to find you, they can find you. I hope so. Okay. If you have a like problem,
1: the... I don't know, come, please call me. I'll, I'll come help you out.
0: I'd like thank Kevin Andrew and uh, Sheila Anamuth for being my guests on this additional Blaine's World webcast. i also like thank my producer, Cappy Facetti, and hopefully we'll bump into each, the three of us at some point in time in the near future. Thanks, guys. Thank you.
2: Thank you.